25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Well, I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. All right, let's do it. Hour number two of the show has begun in the Farm Bureau studio. Chad Morris, the head football coach at the University of Arkansas, has just said the words that equate to ultimately mean he is guaranteeing a win for Arkansas over Mississippi State. <laughs> and I'm following this on Twitter, okay? By the way, welcome to the show, Farm Bureau Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire, customer inspired. Happy early Halloween, everybody. Get out there and rake up some leaves. Stock up on candy. You're going to need it. So... First up, there's a tweet out here that is is listening in or paying attention to Arkansas's press conference today with Chad Morris at the podium. And he said, it's not a quote, he just said, Chad Morris out here guaranteeing a win over Mississippi State this weekend. I repeat, Chad Morris is guaranteeing a win in the SEC. That's gutsy. Yeah. And and so I'm looking, and Jake, our, our buddy Jake uh, Wimberly is all over this. Y'all can see all that. He's Jake Wim on Twitter. And so he's retweeted it here, somebody who's actually quoting the coach. This is a reporter for Hogbeat, covers Arkansas and recruiting at Rivals. Named It's a woman named Nikki. It's And is it Chavanel or Chavanel or Chavanel, something like that. Her name's Nikki. And she has tweeted the quote from Chad Morris, quote, we're going in to win this game. We'll play whoever gives us a chance to win this game. I don't know what that is right now. All options are on the table. We'd love an opportunity to get some of the younger guys in, but we're going in to win. Now, that doesn't sound like, to me, a guarantee win. You're guaranteeing a win. Simply because of the word in. According to her and her tweet, She's quoting him. It says, we're, with apostrophe, we, we are going in to win this game. Well, why is that any different than any other game? We're going in to win this game. I mean, now if you take the word in out, it would say we're going to win this game. <laughs> but she's saying he said we're going in to win this game. And I propose... I propose that when he says we're going in to win this game, it ain't no different than any other coach than he said about any other game ever. We're going in to win. 
Why would he even have to say that? So I think there's a little bit of an overreaction and that he didn't actually say, we are going to win this game. He said, we're going in to win this game. <sighs> My, how the mighty have fallen. <clears throat> All right. Divinity Equipment Maybe phone. they should hire that, that guy from Arkansas, that strength and conditioning guy that whooped up on Petrino. Oh, yeah. What, is Arkansas's head coach? No, I said maybe maybe we need to get some of that uh, conditioning. Oh, some he's, of that strength and conditioning. Yeah. Yeah, he he put his strength and conditioning uh, to the test, didn't he, Roger? Yeah, the demonstration. Yeah. Motorcycle wreck. Um, Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. How come she wouldn't skin up? <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the immaculate... Uh, dismount. <laughs> I think we probably ought to just stop right there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That got out of hand. Boy, that really got out of hand fast. Um, so, so unnamed texture here says, I hope we give Moorhead one more year. If State beats Arkansas and Ole Miss, they will finish where everyone expected them to. In the West, also, who are we going to get that's any better than Moorhead? Kind of pointless to talk about getting rid of him if we can't answer that question. Yeah, and I'm not talking about it. It's not my deal. You know, get rid of a coach, call for the firing. I'll leave that to people with less knowledge of uh, actual football. These are real real people, actually, you know. Yeah. Those families. That's right. Yeah, it's just not ever going to be my deal. You know, call for him to be fired. And sometimes it becomes obvious it's going to happen. You know, and firing, hiring and firing, it's neither the best nor the worst thing that can ever happen to you. That's just my opinion. It's just a job. Bama in Madison thinks that it should be one Ohio State, two LSU, three Bama, four Clemson. As of today, based on schedule and play, this should be the ranking. I really do have to. I've got to look closer at what Ohio State's done. I'll be honest with you. Again, traveling on the weekends and calling games home and away. And then when I do finally get in front of a television, I'm always kind of trying to pay attention to SEC stuff. Like I watched a good bit of LSU and Auburn, the, the replay. I didn't get to see it much live, but watch a replay of it. And... Um, what was the game that was on? I didn't. Even, by the time I got home Saturday night, I was so fed up with football. I didn't even really watch much games uh, after that. I sort of sit down and become Joe Fan on NFL Sundays, watching those. Unnamed texture says, "Discouraging season. Seems like we have a tremendous amount of injuries. Is that attributed to lack of preparation and focus?" I talked on the injury front. Y'all listen up, and the the strength and conditioning deal. I talked to a, an orthopedic uh, surgeon, not in not in Starkville, not in Tupelo. Just talked to somebody I know, and uh, I just asked the question. Okay, uh, I've always heard it. I'm I'm certain I believe it. I just kind of want to hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. That indeed, what you do in strength and conditioning programs in the off season how effective those ultimately are. Those play a huge role in the number of injuries you have. I mean, in the number of injuries you have. 
you know, that happen to your players throughout the year. Yes, there's always going to be bad luck involved in injuries, but it just seems like I've always heard that, uh, you know, a, a huge part of what you're doing in strength and conditioning is you're strengthening certain muscles in certain ways and doing it over and over again. If you really push it and get there, it helps you to prevent injuries throughout the year and certainly the conditioning part of it. And the doctor said, yes, that's absolutely true. It is true, he says, that, you know, there's some luck involved. You have bad luck sometimes, he says, but it is absolutely true across the board for a team, you know, when you're when your strength and conditioning program is doing what it's supposed to, you're generally going to have fewer injuries. And he's but then he added this. He said, and also you have a much um, less chance of getting hurt if you are initiating contact and and you're the initiator of of everything that's happening versus. If you're catching blocks and you don't see where the hit's coming from and you're on your heels. So if there's any – if you're a step behind your opponent, you get, you get a greater chance you're going to get hurt. If you are tentative, there's a greater chance you're going to get hurt. The harder you play and the faster you play and the more all-out you play and the quicker you play, <laughs> the less of a chance of injuries. And that plays into it as well. And States had a little bit of all three, and I think that's maybe for different reasons. The strength and conditioning stuff it didn't do what it was supposed to do. People have gotten hurt. They've had way too many who are not the aggressor. People are getting hurt. And you've had some really bad luck. People are getting hurt. Defensive side of the ball pretty much is uh, whew, walking wounded over there. Jay Hud said, what happened to the depth? Answer, State's bagman left with Dan. <laughs> Is that the answer from the bagman? The mailman in Madison said, Dan the man took a dump on State's recruiting those last two years. Yeah, um... The fact is, they did not have a great recruiting class on what is this year's senior class. See, it was the Jeffrey Simmons class. Simmons would be a senior this year. And if you remember back to that, that was a signing day deal to get Jeffrey Simmons, and had that not happened, you're probably going to finish outside of the top 25 in recruiting. Um, and there are people around state that felt like those years, there were a couple of years there where they just kind of took their foot off the gas um, from a recruiting standpoint. And maybe that's showing up, you know. Maybe it's part. Maybe it's part of uh, what's going on in the field. But, but I do think also there are a lot of things that um, you know have gotten it to this point. Like I said, they got to win three out of the last four, or whew, ugly. They really did need Tudor Gate. Did not need that. Worst case scenario. Is really what that is. They dropped a grenade, boom, right there. See, you know, that again is, you know, there just has to be, there has to be a thread, a common thread woven throughout your entire team of unselfishness and team first. And of consequences when you foul up. You know, I mean, you hate to say it this way, but look, that's what discipline is. I can tell you this. When Coach Cheryl was a coach, we all liked him. He was a player's coach, but we knew. Man, if he tells you to do something and you don't do it and get caught, 
you are absolutely going to pay dearly. And he does not make any exceptions either. He don't care who you are. Coach Cheryl, absolutely. It's a verb. <laughs> he, absolutely. He ran me until I puked in front of my mom and dad and baby sister out on the practice field one day. And all I did was miss a class. He had made a point to the football team during the spring we're cracking down on anybody missing class. Don't miss a class now, I'm telling you. And if you missed, he had these things he'd put you through at the end of practice, and it was called J. They were called JMFs, and you can figure it out. And <clears throat> I, my, I missed a class. I thought I'd slip through. My mother and dad and sister drove over to watch the Friday practice and spend the weekend with me. And at the end of practice, I go over there, I'm talking to him, and I hear Coach Cheryl whistle. And I look, and he's motioning, come here. And quite literally, he says, all right, you got, we got to do two of these. I said, in front, I said, in front of my family? He goes, yep. <laughs> it's okay. And, and what we did is he'd sit there, and you'd do up-downs. He'd blow the whistle, and you'd do up-downs until you were good and exhausted. And then you had to lay down on the ground, lay down on the goal line, and then start to roll down the field. You had to roll to the other goal line, 100 yards of just rolling. Wow. And so you'd be so dizzy and sick by the time you got down there. And you'd get – everybody gets sick. And then when you got to the other goal line, he'd as soon as you started to get – he'd get, to, get up on one knee, and as soon as the dizziness started to go away, he'd say, stand up, and you'd start doing up-downs again. Blowing that whistle. You had to hit the ground. Boom. Get back up. Hit the ground. Boom. Get back up. Over and over. Just about the time your muscles are given out. He can see it. You just Your muscles aren't going to do any more. Then it's time to lay back down on that goal line and roll back to the other end. Did you miss I'm, any more classes? Mom and dad and my sister and Coach Cheryl and me were the only people on the practice field. They watched the whole thing. <laughs> I think my dad got a big kick out of it. <laughs> Missed a class. And listen, that was the thing. <clears throat> Excuse me a minute. I did not think it was mean. I didn't think he was picking on me. I, I knew. You weren't a victim? No, I wasn't a victim. He told us what was up. I missed the class. I knew what I was being punished for. And... It wasn't like he was looking for an opportunity to make an example of somebody in front of their parents. It just happened to be that they were there, and he wasn't going to let me off, or them for that matter, because he had set the standard and drawn the line and said, this is what happens if you screw up. And, you know, you know so it was that kind of deal. And I will tell you this. By the time my senior year rolled around in 1999, we were a 10-win team, and we had very strong leadership. And I would not necessarily say that I was – I wasn't one of the strongest leaders on our team, but we had guys on our defense like like Baron Simpson, and, and who was an upperclassman, uh, Kevin Sluter, who was an upperclassman defensive lineman, Rob Morgan, who was a backup quarterback and our holder, but he was one of our leaders on offense. The kind of guys who, Wes Shivers, an offensive lineman. Those guys I mentioned right there, our coaches did not have to handle discipline. Our players handled it. 
That's a ten. I, I experienced it. A ten-win team where if you were an underclassman and you weren't doing what you were supposed to do, and I'm talking about off the field too, the seniors would handle it. Hey, buddy, that ain't gonna fly, man. You better get your, you know what, in gear. To heck with the coaches. I've I've heard upperclassmen, seniors. I heard Kevin Sluter tell a young player, "Our coaches ain't gonna run you. I'll take you out there and run you. Do it again." And what I'm telling you is winning teams have that common thread of towing, the, pulling the rope, toting their load, doing what they're supposed to do in their role as a part of the greater deal of the team. The team comes first. And a common thread of selfish things are punished, and we all know it, and we all avoid it, therefore. And losing teams, guess what? Don't have that. And sometimes it happens where you just don't have the upperclassmen. And if you don't, then the coaches really, really have to do a good job. Chris on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Chris? What's up, man? Hope you're doing hey, man, well. unfortunately, unfortunately, I watched that game on Saturday. I wish I'd have just left it now. <laughs> um I told um I told Bo earlier in the year, and I said, listen, let me tell you something. I said, I know what's wrong with this team. And I told him this after we lost to Kansas State. And he said, what? And then he argued with me, and I said, these, these kids are not disciplined. I said, there is something wrong with that program where they're not getting disciplined. Mm-hmm. And um, the other thing about the injuries that you were talking about, you know Patrick Mahomes, he had his, his knee pop out of place. Yeah. Well, I had that happen to me four times in between my sophomore and junior year. Ooh. Some kids, some people, some people can recover from it. I mean, I never tore anything. That was the bad thing about it. it. It's the doctors told me it's worse when you don't tear nothing because everything has to tighten back up, and then once it tightens back up, you got to get to moving it again, and that hurts worse than anything. Yeah. Yeah. But um, hey, how about this for leadership? When I was uh, when I was I was playing football 19 years ago and uh, if you didn't go to the coach and tell him you pulled a hamstring because you know what he was supposed to tell you come on let's go over here to this hill you're gonna run up and down this hill we're gonna stretch that baby out we ain't going to sit on those sidelines we're gonna stretch that baby out right and hey i as my sophomore year i have something like you said i got in trouble at school one day the coach made everybody stand out there by that hill and watch me run up that hill and roll down that hill and then turn around and run back up that hill and roll back down that hill. And I was puking while I was rolling down the hill <laughs> and then having to run back up it and roll back down the hill. And I got to where I couldn't do it. Coach told me to keep going. My teammates dragged me up that hill and then rolled me back down it and rolled it, did it with me. <laughs> and that was, That's that great. was, that was, that was team chemistry if you in in all and I was a sophomore then the next year I had to run up and down that hill and I was out there doing it by myself. So that'll tell you mm-hmm. one year we went to state and the other year we didn't even win a game and I'll let you guess which one was which. Yeah. Y'all have a great day and um hopefully Moorhead gets it together. Because yeah. um Hey, and hey, Matt Moore played great last night. How about that? Oh, he oh gave him a God. chance, didn't he? And and look, how many of those? How many of those twenty-three or twenty-four completions for Matt Moore last night were to the running back or to the tight end short? 
had a lot of them. A bunch of them. They hit but their stuff I'm gonna say this. Though. I'm gonna say this. The only reason why y'all lost that game last night is because they kept they quit doing what they were doing good. If they would have just kept running that one play, they wasn't stopping it. Mm-hmm. When those when Hardman or Hill was running behind him and just running around him in the backfield right, and taking right. off. Y'all were, I mean, they were wide open every time. They weren't stopping it. I don't know why he quit doing it. They ran a little figure eight motion around the quarterback behind him, and then they throw it to him out there, right? And yeah, you know, that's right. They found ways to hey, get how the football. Come, how come? How come more here that can't do that? This is why people. I can tell you right now, this is why people don't like Morehead because he's a savant, an offensive savant. What he was sold us, and your offense looks like. I mean, words that I can't even say on radio. <laughs> they look dead. I mean, come on. Yeah. So you didn't, I mean, if without Colin Hill, you don't even have a pulse Saturday. Well, it is. What's going ha- on? It is Halloween, so you could say that it looks scary, but not in a good way, right? <laughs> no, that ain't, that ain't. That ain't even scary. That's fast point to scary. That's dead. Y'all have a great day, and see ya. See ya. That's you wrap it up in maroon and white. Mummy. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to laugh to keep from crying, don't, cry. don't you? We'll start with Gator Greg coming up next on the Divini Equipment phone line. Y'all stick around in the Farm Bureau studio. listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Let's go. Rolling along in hour two. It's reported on Twitter. Will Wade, the basketball coach at LSU, is saying that LSU has sold just under 7,300 season tickets, which is the most since Shaq was playing there. Everybody loves a winner, whether there's a cheater or not. That's what it boils down to. Hey, one of our favorites. On the Divini Equipment phone line, it is 995-1059. That is a 601 number, 601-995-1059. The man known as Gator Greg. What's up, Gator Greg? It's been a pretty good year so far, Mr. White. Uh, yeah. And a good weekend watching the Gators take off. First, I felt sorry for you. Uh, I listened to that other caller. The reason why Kansas City lost is they didn't have Chris Jones in there putting uh, Aaron Rodgers on his butt yeah. uh, and stopping the run in there and stopping Aaron Jones. That's that's your Chiefs. I thought your Chiefs battled really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, you just about the injuries. Uh, but we just chiming in, Mr. White. Uh, I was watching the game Saturday, and, and I hear all the folks. And I know the, the Mississippi State folks are down. Uh, maybe some of the ones that I hear, I'm not going to take too many shots, but just didn't appreciate what uh, Mullen and Grantham and that culture had. Now that they're gone, maybe you don't have that. I mean, you just hear so many fans bashing. 
But, you know, like he brought that culture where I'd expect the games in Mississippi. You remember two years ago, Mr. White, I think you were there when you didn't, didn't Dan them go in there and just beat uh, down Texas A&M? Remember, yeah. uh, they just beat them down. Yeah, just went in there and physically whooped them. Yeah, that and, was. And you, and you know mm-hmm. the deal, and then the, just the deal, the suspensions and stuff, and you having to play younger guys, and and then you had those great players last year. You kind of would have expected a little bit of a drop off, but I just think maybe just maybe what 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 does the program under Moorhead want to be? Mm-hmm. One thing I remember at least, I remember even when the Gators won it last year. You, when you, you got into a fist fight when you had to beat Mississippi State. Hey, they may not have all Americans like they had like they did last year, but you get a fist fight. And I don't know, it just seemed like the spirit, uh, just kind of went out a little bit. I mean, I li- like some of the stuff, uh, with, with Schrader and some of the younger players. And you just got to hopefully you can salvage that to get to a bowl game, get those practices, get those reps and try to get the, you don't want to see apathy fall back in. That's that's, right. that's my fear. Well, and, uh, anyway, I love you, Chiefs. I wanted. I felt bad, Mr. Wyatt. I had you some tickets. I I want you to go up there and see Aaron Rodgers against Patty Mahomes. We won't see that for another four years. So hopefully, maybe in four years, when they go back to Lambeau, we'll get you and the homecoming queen some tickets for that. Because I know you were sad, you Chiefs. I wanted your Chiefs to win because I don't like the Packers. Hey, but, Greg, uh, anyway, yesterday uh, we were looking up we were looking up tickets online yeah. yesterday for their game uh, in Nashville yeah. coming up in a couple of weeks. Okay, well, you know, the Saints go up there later this year, so maybe we'll – There know, you go. Why, maybe for your Christmas because the Kings having a tough year. But do you think we have a chance against Big Bad, number one recruiter, Georgia – all the guys. Yes. Do you think yes, you do. And, and let me I tell think, you something. I, I, I think we're going to get smoked by four touchdowns. But we love you and we love Roger. <laughs> Y'all doing a great show uh, today. Keep up the good work. Happy Halloween to you. We're going to get smoked by four touchdowns. We'll see you, Mr. Wise. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. That's called trying a, to set up a negative jinx. That's it. It's called emotional hedging, Roger. Uh-huh. That's what he's doing. Uh-huh. Look, Florida definitely has a chance against Georgia this year. But Georgia has already shown that they don't. They do have the players and the recruits, but they don't necessarily have their act together uh, the way you should anyway. So that's going to be interesting. Look, and, you know, based on what Greg said, and then I'm coming to Teddy on the phone line, I really believe that he's right. Some of that that spirit and that every Saturday is a dogfight mentality and approach with state, some of that's gone. We talk all the time and have on this show about various reasons, and some people may say it's an excuse. Whatever, it doesn't matter if the end result is the same. Some of that reputation of win or lose, you go play those guys, home or away, you come out of it beat to smithereens every time you play state. Well, Yes, some of that's gone. A lot of it, well, it's gone. But it doesn't mean that you can't get it back. And it doesn't mean that this coaching staff can't get it back. It's not what a lot of, a lot of people want a quick fix and we'll see what happens. But <clears throat> it just requires a real, honest look in the mirror. You cannot fool players. And, and if... Moorhead continues to be the coach. That would be a, a great hope, I think, for state fans. Is he is a genuine guy. He really is. And, you know, I believe that yeah, that's what it takes, though. What it takes is 
a coach who basically looks his players in the eyes and says, "Look, guys, you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna go out here and try to, you know, change who I am or change you are. But here's one thing that we have to know: what we did and what we have been doing isn't good enough, right? Like, and I want you to have success. It ain't just about me as a coach." It's about you too. I want you to have success, right? Like I don't want you to I don't want to drag you or anybody around through the mud and a bunch of losses and all that kind of stuff. We just have to accept. I have to accept it. That what we did and what we are doing just isn't good enough. So some things are going to change. And it's about to get tough. Okay, but it's for your own good as a player, as a person, for all of us. And if we lay our guts on the line, in this strength and conditioning program and everything that we're doing in this offseason to the point that some people may think we're crazy. That's how hard we're going to work. And some people may think we're nuts. Okay. And, and frankly, there may be some people here who can't take it. And, and if you can't, I'm not going to hold anything against you. But just know that I'm not trying to prove a point. And we're not going to do this just so we can say we tried our hardest. We, we just have to do it. And if you'll be in with me on this, we'll do it together. And we're all going to benefit for it, okay? And and if you if you approach it that way, you can hit the reset button, but it's going to require the offseason. You can't change it in November. Ready, Teddy, on the Divinity Equipment phone line. What's up, Teddy? Oh, man, a couple of things. One, I wanted to uh, – I sell cars for a living. And anyway, uh, dealing with a customer – not dealing with, I sold him a vehicle. He's probably listening right now. He and I got talked before. It's, Anyway, um, he and I, your show came up, and he's a state guy. I'm an Ole Miss guy, but I kind of, you know, I like the in-state schools myself. But anyway, I just he and I agreed on something that, man, you, you do a remarkable job of doing your show, and we all know that you went state and played at state and all that. You do a remarkable job of doing your show and not being being just a homer. You do a great job of that. Well, I and, appreciate and, it. And I, I mean, I, I'm serious. And then, but on top of that, I work on Saturday, so on the on, so on the way home, I get, to, you know, sometimes, depending on the game time, I get to hear you call on the state game. And the way you're able to divide your passion from having it, from doing that game, mm-hmm. from doing your show is just remarkable. And you, you deserve to be complimented for that. Well, I appreciate it, Teddy. You know, I, if I'm being honest, too, uh, yeah, and I really do thank you. I, I appreciate the kind words. You know, and, and if I'm being honest, too, I, you know, I probably spent the first part of my you know, radio career, doing talk show stuff, really feeling pressed uh, to find ways to be impartial and objective in some of those things. And you know what I learned after doing that as a young guy, and now I'm getting older, is what I've learned is you just, I, I can't fool you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Teddy? Like, <laughs> right. Like, like I got to tell it just like I see it and how it is and, if it's uncomfortable, I can even say it's uncomfortable. But as long as we're just honest, and you you know you're getting an honest approach from me, it'll it'll be okay. It's it's when we try to fool people, or when I take a stance that is, you know, I have a, some other motive. I can't fool anybody. I can't fool you. You're way too smart for that. And as soon as I learned that, I started having more fun doing this stuff. You know, so hopefully we can enjoy it and just kind of wade through it together and i appreciate you listening as always thank yeah. you um hey and there? well the music started we're about to split so if you got something else feel free okay. to hang on stick around 
in the Farm Bureau studio. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. All right. Back on the show in the Farm Bureau studio, I'm Matt. The Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team. How about this? College game day is going to Memphis. Isn't that cool? That'd be the first time ever. You got undefeated SMU at Memphis. Liberty Bowl Stadium this coming weekend, and so they'll be hosting game day there in Memphis. That'll be pretty cool. Pretty cool. It's always neat when they go do that show in a new place, a place they had not previously been. Pretty cool. Um, Coming to the phones in just a bit, but uh, let me get to this real quick here. We were talking about the comment earlier. Some people mistook what, Chad Morris, the head coach at Arkansas, said as guaranteeing a win. I don't think that's actually what he did. He said we're going in to win the game. But an unnamed texture here says Morris is just reassuring Hogs that in spite of a poor showing thus far, they really have a chance to win this game with State. Quote, we're in it to win it. I totally agree with that take. That's what he's doing. This unnamed texture accurately predicted ahead of time that we would have a Nationals versus Astros World Series, and that turned out to be right, so maybe we ought to listen, right? But that's right. Listen, they've already watched State on film. Their staff tracks all kinds of stuff. They know about the injuries. We get news this morning that Fletcher Adams is out for the year. Jarian Jones is out this week. You're extremely just razor-thin depth at corner for uh, this game this week. And State's like, what, a touchdown favorite on the road? Arkansas has been bad, but, I mean. So, yeah, he knows. They do have a chance to win the game. Sure they do. State goes in there and plays the way they did, say, on the road at Auburn. Arkansas will win the game. But if State goes on the road and defensively, digs in and plays tough the way they did at Tennessee, and if you pair that maybe with an offensive showing like what you had against A&M, State goes in there and wins the game by two touchdowns. But it's not a given one way or the other. And Res Dog on the text line says, Matt, from your point of view, can you tell us what you think MSU, why MSU looks undisciplined, uninterested with no effort? Well, I think a lot of times they don't look undisciplined or uninterested. There's some times on offense. There's some times on defense in the first half. Watch Saturday's game. There's some times in the first half where they flipped that switch and here they go. They made some plays and got after them and same thing on offense. But that is the flipping of the switch is the problem. It's got to be a constant thing for about 75 straight plays. There can be no flipping that effort switch on and off. It's just got to be constant. The motor's got to be constantly running. The Real Brian says, Matt, watching Mississippi State play this weekend was the most uninspired football I can either call, that I can recall from that team since the Croon days. Um, I, I, somebody sent me a link here. I'm going to have to read that story before. I, I don't have the name of the texture. I just want you to know I got your link about something that you say is going to end Division One women's sports. I haven't read it, so uh, I will read it first. 
Seymour says that if State loses to Arkansas, Joe must go. And a whole bunch of other texts. We'll try to get to some of those in a bit. All right. Roger, you back? Damn. All right. Jeff in Jackson on the Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, Jeff? Hey, Matt. Everything's great. Um, you're a fisherman, aren't you, Matt? Yes. You ever uh, sometimes fish for no balls to be on? Your, your line just gets all tangled up, and you try as you might. You know, the more you try to untangle it, the more you try you get it straight, it just keeps getting more jammed up, jammed up. There, there. <laughs> You're talking about a backlash on the old bait cast yeah, reel. Backlash. Yeah, yeah, backlash. Yeah. I've had some – it's been a while, but, yes, I have had that experience. I think every fisherman has. And, you know, as bad as you hate to do it, the best thing to do is just cut the line, oh, boy. let it fall, and get you a new line. Yeah. You know where I'm going. I get I get where you're going with that, and you're right, man. It is it is disheartening to have that new base bait cast reel, and you've tangled it up That's so right. bad that you have to cut the line out That's of right. it. Because here's the thing: is that the more as you more as you try, is what's going to happen. You're going to lose fish. You're sitting there wasting time, so might as well just cut it because you're just going to keep on keeping on wasting time. And we we go another year if he loses to Arkansas, loses to Ole Miss. Then we're gonna have all the time wasted on all these recruits we could have had because we've been sitting there trying to get that line untangled, and it's just a fool's paradise. Talk to you later. Thanks for the call, Jeff. You know, and that's an if. Again, it's a one-game season now for Mississippi State. They have to beat Arkansas this Saturday. I mean, for so for your fan base, for your program, for this season for your team because it keeps your bowl hopes alive, and you know, maybe uh, for the future of your coaching staff. I don't know that, but that seems to be the thinking from a lot of people. That's a, depending on your perspective, a lot of people are thinking that. I just think that it is a – that's where you are. Is It's no longer a game where you're confident you're, you're definitely going to win it. It's one where you, it's just a must win for a lot of reasons. Derek on the phone. What's up, Derek? What's What's going on, Matt? Not much. Hope you're well. Uh, doing well, man. Thanks. Uh, I don't really have much to comment on the Ole Miss and and state uh, situations. I just I, I feel bad for both programs. It's it's a better state when everybody's uh, competitive and, and things are on the up and up. And uh, I see a lot of turmoil there. But I did want to uh, comment on your your caller about uh, Gator Gray, man. I'm a Georgia fan. My dad went to school there, so I'm, I've grown up in Mississippi watching Georgia. And I, I know you. I know you're. Uh, he's being the uh, the pessimist because it's going to hedge his emotional bet, like you said. But right. uh, that game is is, is going to be a bad game for Georgia. Um, I know everybody spends a lot of time on on how tough and how big their offensive line is, but. If you look at the the strength of their schedule um, up to date, the teams that they've had difficulty with have been in the SEC, and they're going to continue to have that. And it's going to be no different uh, when they face Florida. And I think you're going to see a a, a complete opposite uh, result of what people or what Vegas thinks. Anyway, opening up at five and a half on that game is is almost laughable. Um, and and wait, it's five and least, a half, Georgia. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And uh, you know, just that, just as somebody, 
I, I, I hate to interrupt, Derek, but I really think that people are seeing and, – and I was I was the one saying when Mullen took the job, I knew what they were going to do at Florida. I knew how he would improve them right away and he would transform them physically from a strength and conditioning standpoint with the way they approached it, all that stuff. But I just didn't think the way Georgia has been recruiting, which has been otherworldly, I just thought they were yep. going to – They were. I just felt like they were on the path to overwhelm even Florida, just to overwhelm Florida in these – matchups and in that division for the next few years because they were stacking up so many four and five star players like on the same level as Alabama but it hasn't materialized quite yet for whatever reason you know losing that game to South Carolina you struggle with Kentucky and bad conditions and all that and the thing we're seeing about Mullen in Florida is buddy he's going to have them ready to play every week yeah he's every week he can fight yeah, and uh, and I, I tell you, Matt, that's what bothers me about the uh, the hire that we made with Kirby Smart. And there's going to be a lot of diehard Georgia fans out there that are going to they're really going to rally to his, you know, to his aid. Sure. Well, we've been to the SEC championship, we've been to the national championship, but Matt, like you said, man, we've had stellar recruiting classes, and I, I think what you're seeing here is is when it comes down to Kirby Smart going up against a coach. Uh, on top of an SEC team that is just, you know, it's a generally, it's the tougher division, uh, tougher conference. Yeah. Uh, when you go up against a coach that is uh, a better thinker and uh, a, a more methodical, uh, he has infinite problems managing that game. Mm. And in the past, he's just had so much talent to where it's been able to mask that. Hey, and let and, me ask you something, you know, Eric, from the perspective of a Georgia fan. Is it really is is it gonna sting if Fields wins a championship up there at Ohio State or has him in the playoff this year? No, and and I'll tell you, any anybody who followed his his recruiting status coming to Georgia, it, it was so unfortunate because we were so upset the way Kirby Smart handled, uh, and, and a lot of that was Cheney. Um, but okay, bringing him in, he never really let him loose, Matt, and we wanted them to let him loose and. And, and we never understood the allegiance to to Jake Fromm when you take when you took him out of the game to put in Justin Fields. Um, I'm happy as I'm happy as heck for the kid. I hope he does it um, to to show you know to showcase his talent because he's a hell of a player and he deserves that. Um, he was going to get his time if he stayed there, but I understand why he left because when they brought him in. Matt, all he did was run. That's all they wanted him to do, and they wouldn't they wouldn't really let him showcase his talent. And yeah. I'm I'm still baffled by that. Hey, Derek, appreciate the call, man. Thank you. And, Take care, Matt. Yeah, you too. Georgia, Florida. You know, they stopped calling it the cocktail party, and now everybody's selling beer in the stadiums. They're gonna call it the cocktail party again. Double B, I'm sorry, but the music has started. We're out of time. I'd be cutting you completely short if I went to you now. So I hope uh, you'll have a chance to call me back tomorrow. On the Divinity Equipment phone, I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. See y'all on Tuesdays. See ya.